say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. It's a wrestling classic, Justin here, and I just want to give a huge shout-out to Maestro Classic. Maestro Classic is the best in beard care and is undeniably good at keeping your beard clean and conditioned. It's sulfate-free beard wash to clean the beard without drying your skin, beard butter to condition it, and beard oil to help it shine. The products are available online at maestroclassic.com and all of your target locations in the beard care aisles. Maestro Classic is the top brand in beard care game with a dedicated team on the road with the WWE, the 76ers, and NASCAR. If you always wondered how superstars such as Triple H, Sheamus, Braun Strowman, and Kofi Kingston stay so perfectly groomed, it's Maestro Classic. Be sure to use my promo code TWC Maestro to save yourself 25% on all your online purchases. That is TWC Maestro. Dig it! Wrestling Classic here, guest hosting on the uh, Dropkick Podcast with Daniel. Uh Today we are interviewing a very, very special guest, someone that Daniel's interviewed before, but it's the first time I get to interview him. It's none other than the whole effing show, and I'm going to say his name right now because it sounds so cool. It's Rob Van Dam. Oh, yeah. And I hope you guys all check out Rob Van Dam CBD. It's coming out soon. RVD CBD. Go follow that on social media. Follow the Dropkick Pod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, yeah. Make sure you check out the wrestling class and keep doing the thing. Let's get to the interview. Dig it. I'm joking. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the episode of Dropkick Podcast. I am your host, Daniel, and today I'm joined with Justin, aka the Wrestling Classic. But right now, at this very moment, we got WWE Champion, ECW Champion, TNA Champion. You can also go check out Rob's very own CBD company at rvdcbd.com for all your cannabis products. But at this time, the whole effing show, Rob Van Dev. How are you doing today, Rob? Damn, awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Great day. That's good, man. We're glad to hear it. We also just quickly wanted to give you a quick congratulations. We know you recently just got married to Katie Forbes. Oh. Um, so big congratulations to that. I was curious, though, like, because I've, uh, how did you guys meet? Like, where, when did you guys' relationship start and how did that all, all happen? Mm-hmm. Um, I met Katie at a uh, wrestling convention, the Wrestling and uh, that was when uh, WrestleMania was in uh, Dallas, uh, Texas. And um, 
Yeah, it was it was at a convention. You know, uh, Luke Hawks was her trainer, the promoter of a New Orleans um, wrestling organization called Wildcats. Yeah, uh, Luke Hawks is a is a friend for a long time. Everybody in the business knows Luke. He was actually in my one and only starring role so far. Uh, um, wrong side of town. Luke was in a fight scene with that. That's where I remember meeting him. But he introduced us. Um, the, the weekend itself, um, you know, I've never really gotten into, uh, publicly because it was 2016 and, uh, this was like for, you know, I'd be going through some, some bad times and the weekend was actually rock bottom and <laughs> it's some pretty amazing, uh, uh, rock bottom, uh, stories out of, you know, um, but you know, out of the shit, a flower came, was, you know, produced and I had also, mm-hmm also met uh katie there but she had nothing to do with uh with the crazy crazy yeah. week i had like mm-hmm. two of the wrestlers know because they were with me you know i did a actually a lot of fans saw them. well anyone who saw me knew that you know i was uh you know a little bit uh <clears throat> under the influence i was uh, drinking through the whole thing and mm-hmm. that's what people do when they're down right is drinking. 100 percent yeah why not mm-hmm. fuck it I, you know, um, but I remember a, a Jr. Uh, was doing a podcast, uh, uh, something. Karen Angle came and got me at the hotel, <laughs> and I just back from who knows where. Uh, but mm-hmm. she asked if I would stand in for somebody that was supposed to do Jr.'s on stage live uh, interview thing, or whatever. And I was like, sure, you know. And man, it was. And fans saw that I was drinking. You know, the fans were sending me drinks while I was on stage, and mm-hmm. Jr. Uh, well, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just, I, I, I just, I, I love you guys' relationship. I think you guys as a duo look great. Like some, I, I, you guys were part of the reason why I started watching Impact again because when you guys were together on that show doing your thing and those clips started going viral, I'm like, oh, what is Rob Van Dam and Katie doing? So I just want to start off by saying congratulations to you both, and that's it's amazing. And it is true, like some of the greatest stuff comes out of the shittiest times and it's just you know if you're patient enough to wait for it to happen you'll see it some at some point no absolutely but like you talk about you know rob and katie but like if you two can team up against any other couple in a wrestling ring who would it be you know uh i i don't do uh fantasy thoughts are always hard you know so i'll just think of any other couple i know she loves the uh um scarlet so oh carrie that would be that would be a banger carrie and scarlet versus rob van dam and katie forbes we'll pull that absolutely Absolutely. but with kicking uh 2021 off this year how has this been how has this year been treating you compared to last year so good dude you know that's, uh, that's good to hear in tune with the universe i spend a lot of time focusing you know on uh on energy and a lot of people ask how do you do that and how do you read somebody's energy and mm-hmm. you have your own receptors and so it's basically not focusing so much on them but how you react to them and that tells you a lot mm-hmm. about them all right how it changes energy and for instance if you feel your energy go down or it's compromised every time you're around this person you know it's probably a uh it's probably an energy issue you know i have a lot of people like that 
like they're so draining to be around them because they think the opposite from me, you know? And so anytime I'm around them, whatever I say, they're going to offer the opposite. It's just so much work. I, mm -hmm. you know, for, I, I live in a drama free life, you know, and I just know that, yeah. um, and I've been paying attention And 2021 is a rewarding year. Like a lot of full circles are coming together and, sure. uh, and it's happening really soon too. Like, you know, mm -hmm. this, this uh, this part of the year, like in the next uh, next several weeks, like a lot of stuff is coming together. Um, I've been checking with my friends, you know, like, do you feel it is, you know, and they say the same. Oh, mm -hmm. guys are feeling it, too. Oh, absolutely. No, definitely. And I, I, I strongly believe in the whole energy thing. It's a lot of that toxic environment thing. When you take yourself away from that toxic environment, you start feeling things are better when you're around that energy that's more on the same wavelength as you. So completely understand. But talking about this year and things getting better, RVD CBD is really kicking off this year, correct? Yes, it's an excellent year for RVD CBD, and you know, just um, it kind of sounds repetitive because uh, I basically yeah. we're working on uh, collaborating with uh, so many different people, so many different products, and mm -hmm. even companies and projects and products that aren't even necessarily. Uh, you wouldn't think of them as being related normally to the CBD world, but because I have this team of people around me, a lot of people are going to them uh, and they're filtering a lot of offers and shit that usually comes my way that I usually don't have time to, to handle and juggle. And so they're, they're handling a lot of other business, you know, like uh, the, mm -hmm. uh, this uh, video game um, that's uh, um, what's the video game called? Um, Virtual, uh, virtual basement. So that, yeah, that's the company. Yeah. It's a virtual pro wrestling game. I forget the name as well, but I know what you're talking about. They got a lot of legends and stuff in there. Yeah, whatever. The, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> something like not the road life, but uh, something that something that has to do with you know paying your dues, the journey, whatever it mm. is. Uh, it'll probably pop in my head in two minutes. But that came through you know, partners and, and and a lot of stuff does even you know recently. Mm -hmm been um like appearances and stuff you know vice tv contacts them to talk to me about you know being on uh on some episodes and um merchandise t-shirts but the cbd itself is really where uh where the nucleus is and mm -hmm. and i'm gonna grow um into handling other cannabinoids besides just cbd as well you know that's that, that an entourage effect when you can attack it from different levels and that's the way mm -hmm other nature put it together you know like if mm -hmm. uh, uh before we ever heard of cbd if you had uh, a bud of marijuana people might not know but it has cbd in it you know mm -hmm. uh, and i'm just pulling this number out but if cbd was two percent of the bud and then it was you know thc and terpenes and all these other there's over 100 cannabinoids in, in marijuana but um you would have to smoke if it was two percent of it if it was ten percent of it let's just say if ten percent of that bud was cbd then you would have to smoke 10 of those buds in order to get the cbd that you could get one concentrated cbd dominant bud you know what i mean so yeah uh, when you think about it, like it's always been there but now we're able to separate it utilize the different elements for the different mm -hmm results and it's it's really um it's something that i always i didn't know we were always going to separate it but i always knew that we were going to mm -hmm. look at the plant and and realize that it can help way more people than it can hurt and, and really the people that it hurts the most 
are the one percenters that that, that rule the world. Prescriptions, mm -hmm. you know, fuel, alcohol, and tobacco. Uh, mm -hmm. All these conglomerate companies—they're uh, the ones that marijuana really hurts. That's that's why we have uh, prohibition. But we're, we're at the end of it, and you guys are Absolutely. ahead of. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But I was going to ask, you know, with CBD kicking it off, but like, do you wish uh, you had control of CBD back in the day when you were performing at like a high level? Um, that's one of those questions, you know, where it's mm -hmm. like you changed part of the past and who knows where you would be right now. That's yeah. true. Yeah. The market, I kind right. of path and the way in the in the baby steps that were taken to get where i'm at right now i love my life you know i love uh the quality of it everything in it uh mm -hmm. trauma free zone you know that's why i hardly ever leave the house yeah. other people, have, people <laughs> love drama i absolutely maybe maybe to rephrase that question though do you think CBD, now that we know about controlled CBD and like your product, for example, would that benefit the talent today that's on the road and working at a high pro, uh, a high pace? Yeah. You know, um, if you look at RVD CBD on Instagram, we've got some testimonials from some of the, the boys that impacted, uh, we had talk about the product, you know, mm -hmm. product. I was handing it around to a lot of the wrestlers. I actually had a kickoff party. Yeah. Yeah. You here in Las Vegas and when Impact was in town. So a lot of the boys came out there. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, I got some comments on there. You can you can hear other people talk about it, but uh, f for sure, you know, but that's um, that's just evolution. You know what I mean? Like we're still going and people are still, wrestlers are still going to get fined for mm -hmm. having uh, in their piss right now. And then... Yeah. <laughs> probably won't very much longer but if they're going to stop doing that i don't expect them to make like a public announcement about it they could do it quietly uh for the betterment of everybody's health and, mm -hmm. and maybe not make such a noise that they get a lot of flack you know from uh all, all the um you know the conservative uh <clears throat> pot haters just you know the people that yeah. don't People that don't agree with it, you know, or mm -hmm. even the sponsors that they have to cater to that don't want to send a message that's inconsistent with what they think about marijuana. You know, that's that's what they have to deal with. But that's all changing. So 100 uh, percent. I mean, well, like even even like how much is being legalized around North America and stuff like it's legalized fully up here in Canada. So, like, yeah, we got dispensers on the corner. I think it's becoming a lot more common. And it's crazy now because you'll go to a dispensary and you'll see people of all ages there. And now it's like, oh, you the, the people that you thought were judging you when you were maybe at the beach sneakily trying to blaze or something are now the ones that you're seeing at the dispensary too. And you're like, oh, it's crazy. It's crazy how normal I, how, how normal this is getting, you know? The Justin, the first place that I ever smoked in public yeah. was Vancouver. Oh, there you go. There wow. you go. <laughs> not, oh, I'm going to blaze with you right now as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, on, on, I have to roll. On <laughs> Uh, Avenue or Street, Hastings Street. There yeah. were brothers and Amsterdam Cafe next door to each other. There you go. Yeah. I, it's just weird because I know it just got legalized, but when you're in downtown Vancouver, it's felt like it's been legalized for a while. Like <laughs> That was the first time I was inside a place where it was okay. Like I'm smoking and looking around <laughs> and it's a well-lit place. They're smoking. Uh, everyone's got a good vibe. 
you're not, it's not a dark, uh, everyone's drinking and yelling like assholes. And I was just, yeah. it felt so good. You know, I was like the, I was, I was kind of the, one of their promoters. Uh, yeah. I had the boys in WWE, but you have to come with me to this place, man. It's so great. You'd walk across the street to the park to get it if you didn't have it. And uh, people would, uh, people would walk around and they'd come up to you and ask you uh, what you're looking for. Um, and then they would hand you, um, um, I don't know, it's probably like what we would call an eighth and it'd be wrapped yeah. up in a paper towel. Mm -hmm. Give money, they'd hand you it wrapped up in a paper towel. You just go right in there, break it up and roll it. And it was just, it was so liberating. I remember like, but yeah, I mean, that was so long ago. Cause, cause now, you know, I, 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 I just take liberties and smoke even when, yeah. even in places that <laughs> might be rude to other people sometimes when I think about it, like that was rude smoking up the whole dressing trailer for all those actions. <laughs> but, but, no, fair but, enough. I will say no. one thing before we move on, though. Uh, when the pandemic ends, Rob, and the world opens up, uh, the 420 festival that happens here now, because now that's legalized, is insane, and I think you should definitely come up here for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, we got some stuff going on. Uh, <laughs> as you may guess, we got some uh, some plans. We'll uh, see how it goes, but uh, um, Las Vegas is putting together uh, a pretty good 420 best and uh i bet that's going to be a destination spot for a lot of a lot of 420 uh fans for sure no absolutely but you know moving forward i did want to talk about you know this year kicking off but also you have um your ww doc ww icons documentary dropping like how is it like filming that and like you know meeting with WWE executives and producers like that um it it did the RVD Rob Van Dam icons uh, show is going to be so fucking good. Like, I can't people, wait. Yeah, people are going to love it. It's going to get you know. It's I really enjoyed filming it. I might mm -hmm. be. Doing, I don't know if I am uh, right now, but they're definitely still interviewing other people. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, to get, you know, the uh, secondhand perspective. Um, mm -hmm. But we filmed some really cool shit. And, mm -hmm. uh, and um, you know, when, when people see it, they're going to be amazed. They're going to be like, why the fuck is an RVD in the ring right now? <laughs> Good. And uh, and it tells my story, you know. I mean, Katie's in it a lot, of course, and they really mm -hmm. showcase, uh, you know, what what she is in my story. And I'm I'm mm. really looking forward to it. No, absolutely. Hey, but like, yeah. it's, 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 I'm looking forward to it as well. 
Yeah, I, I was gonna ask. So, like, you know, with this documentary releasing, like, is there any sort of possibility that you would ever, you know, consider coming back to the WWE? Has there any, you know, been talks or, at all? Um, I, well, one thing that I know is that there's no way that I would ever go back to the schedule that I was on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now pandemic you know it doesn't look like anybody's doing that schedule but i don't expect no. that to last that much longer you know it looks mm-hmm. like my perspective like the world's starting to open back up again and so i expect there to be some uh some shows in fact i'm booked on a show coming up frontline pro uh april 3rd in wisconsin mm-hmm. um so uh but you know uh money talks you know what i mean like if if there was, uh, if it was right, you know, for me and worth it, then then if it's worth it. It's worth it. You know what I mean? But definitely, definitely, I don't have any any interest in being. You know, I don't get excited about working with the young kids. I don't miss being in the ring. I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. if it's worth it, it's worth it. And not that I don't care, but it's but it's just you know I go with the flow. That's how I make my decisions. And yeah. uh, so and of course, it seems like you I got would, a ton of projects going on as well. Like I wouldn't hold my breath waiting to see me wrestling uh, on TV again. We put it that yeah. way. hold your breath unless you just get a better buzz. I guess so. But you know, you talk about you know not being as excited to work with the young guys. Well, because you know you've done everything you wanted to do, but like. You know, you see an MJF, you see a Chris Bay. Has there been anyone like on television that kind of stands out to you at the moment? Oh yeah, I mean, um, every, I mean, a lot of the guys. The standard is up so high. You know, mm-hmm. now that now that the I think the average size wrestler is, I don't know, one hundred and seventy five pounds. I, I yeah. think. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some big boys in it, but but you know, overall representing the style, especially the guy, the guys that people want to see me work with, you know, they the standard uh, is is incredible. And uh, when I was in Impact, um, watching the um, the the Treehouse Trio, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Rockles, <laughs> those guys mm-hmm. are incredible. And uh, and they would ask me once in a while, pull me off to the side and ask if, uh, if I had any advice or whatever. And that, that goes a long way, just knowing that they have, uh, you know, uh, the respect like that. And, uh, um, you know, fuck, those guys and uh, um, that TJ Parker and uh, you mentioned... Uh, Chris um, Bay. Fuck yeah, Chris Bay. And, uh, I mean, everybody, even even without that crazy style, I mean, just, you know, I think Sammy Callahan uh, and uh, a lot of guys, even the, the bigger guy, like the... Uh, we call him a what gigantor. Um, I don't know what I can't think of what, but the the big guy there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what his uh, ring name is, but every yeah. I mean, the st- basically, um, as far as standing out, it, it, it's hard to to stand out doing flips and, and fancy wrestling now. You That's know. True. Like, I stood out doing that. Nobody else was doing it. Now mm-hmm. that everybody's doing it, some of them stand out, maybe not in a positive way. You know, maybe it's like, uh, you know, maybe they stand out to me because I critique in like some bad habits I see every time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to have the right combination of everything, the looks, the marketability, the moves, the whatever. Yeah. 
but you know, but but there's also some some heels, you know, that like they're really they're really hateable. That makes them uh, worth a lot of money too, <laughs> you know. No, absolutely. No, that, that that was actually a question I was wondering because I'm like, for me, like you were a pioneer in that sense of the high flying styles, like you, the cruiserweights, and there was like a few. There's a there's a few people that you would expect to come out on television. And they were going to hit that style and you were waiting for it throughout the show to change the pace. But now it feels like it's more than not. So it makes you wonder, like, was less, was less, was less more back in the day? Like the more, fact yeah. that we got a mix of everything. There were some guys that would go out there and have like a technical wrestling match. And you'd get a Rob Van Dam out there working with like a Jeff Hardy and you get that fast paced, high flying stuff. Do you feel like it's a little bit too much now? Uh, it, It's too much for me. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know about the for the fans, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, if they, it, it's it's a different kind of fan too. It seems like, and so, you know, um, if it works, but yeah, it clashes with my, uh, clashes with with my principles. But even the matches that you're talking about with um, me and um, uh, Jerry Lynn Jeff. or Jeff Hardy, even mm. those matches were being criticized by uh, people that were like older than us because. Yeah. Of, bridging the style and 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 you know i always heard less you know less it, is it, more, yeah. when i was in wb i did learn to do a lot less to make it mean more but way back i'm thinking like in uh 92 93 when i wrestled rip rogers uh he, he was trying to get me to do just one kick just one mm -hmm. kick, and, and that way it means something and i was yeah. like yeah what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> he'll still swear to that today and respond to it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you ask him, he'll be like, "Yeah, I was trying to my my bad. I'm trying to make him mean something and make some money." It's like, well, I'm glad I didn't listen to that. No, no for I'm sure, because you were stand up for sure. Uh, I had another question because you kind of talked about it a little bit though. Like, did you prefer working with guys more your size? Did you enjoy telling the stories with the bigger guys? Because from oh. Jeff Hardy to the Undertaker, like you worked with big and small, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. I think it really depended on the individual. You know, I mean, Jeff Hardy was is you know one of my favorite guys to wrestle. Um, someone like Sabu, Rey Mysterio. Um, I, I like those kind of matches. Those are entertaining uh, to me. Um, but then there's some guys you know that are really big. Like I loved working with Bam Bam Bigelow. And um, mm -hmm. when I had the ECW TV title run, I loved that we were, we were, you know, I went through the whole roster and then we were bringing guys in from other companies, you know, mm -hmm. all Japan, uh, the giant Kamala. Um, he was, he was the uh, Kamala too, they called him. In, in yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was a really big guy and, you know, of course, one man gang and, and uh, Bam Bam Bigel, those were big guys, but I loved being able to uh, try to have the best match um, mm -hmm. regardless of who I was in the ring with because I was really working on my craft at that time with the TV title. And, and I knew that what I wanted was consistency. I wanted to be the whole fucking show. Yeah. Absolutely. Like Dudley, Little Guido, or whether it was, you know, fucking uh, Giants, like, you know, mm -hmm. like I mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. But you talk about, you know, um, cross-platform and, you know, just going to – from having other guys come into ECW at the time. But, you know, recently we just saw, like, Christian Cage sign and, you know, Paul White. 
like what are your thoughts on like the AEW and TNA partnership as well? Because you know Ethan Page just made his debut. What was that last part? Um, I was just mentioning how oh. Ethan Page also debuted. Yeah. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. I think uh, I think that's really cool. You know, I thought mm -hmm. I thought the in two thousand one when uh, when I got to WWE, you know, I didn't even know about the alliance till i showed up day one to oh, work yeah. yeah i had i thought that i thought that i had sold out and that they were going to do something silly with me and i was uh -huh. like there was nothing else left you know mm -hmm. in, in the united states at that time but if i wanted to be a tv wrestler but anyway um i thought that was really cool uh, as far as making history wcw and ecw and mm -hmm. you know up to fight ww what you know f and then get the f out but that mm -hmm. was fucking cool i thought you know so so right mm -hmm. now i think you know it, it, it's pretty cool to see impact and uh and aew um working together like that you know there's uh there's not too many more companies that 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 i know about that are on television there's a there's a few mm -hmm. um I, you know i don't know if they're up there uh, with, with those two i think those are the top two besides WWE and its byproducts. So pretty cool. Absolutely. I was curious to take it back for a minute. I remember back in the late nineties when you guys originally were doing that WWF ECW feud where Jerry Lawler was coming over to ECW and you guys were coming to raw. And I was just curious, was there any long-term plans of you staying in WWE at the time? Cause I remember you kept coming out with Lawler and you were Mr. Monday night and it seemed like you were going to be around for a bit, but then it kind of all just stopped. Yeah. Well, Whose plans are we talking about? <laughs> WWE's, I was, I was wondering, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes, and uh, what what I know about it, all just from one conversation that happened at the, uh, at the climax when mm -hmm. uh, everything kind of exploded and, and, and the, one day at Cobo Hall. Because... Um, we all had our own our own uh, mindsets going into this and paul really marinated the ecw guys and got us to all be thinking like watch your mm -hmm. fucking he would tell us watch your back yeah. don't leave your bags in the dressing room when you know you're not there the, they hate us being this is their show it's mm -hmm. very political they hate us being on their show um you know they they I don't know how long this is going to last, you know, uh, anytime something doesn't feel right, let me know and we'll leave. Cause you know, we'll, we might get one, might get two weeks out of it. I don't know. Three weeks. Yeah. Let's just, let's, you know, and, and we didn't know, but that, that motherfucking manipulator already was, you know, working for WWE, getting money, like all that shit, but we didn't know. And so when we're there, you know, I found like some of the guys, you know, like Owen Hart was, I couldn't, he was exceptionally cool. And I thought, well, that's not, that's not, you know, it doesn't feel like what Paul was saying, you know, like he was cool. Yeah. So he came up to me and said, man, I like it when RVD's here. I got five new moves just watching your match today. You know, <laughs> you're going to steal my moves. Uh, but Steph <laughs> Hardy in the debut. Um, mm -hmm. What happened was I, 
had a few weeks there and I, you know, and I'm beating their guys and thinking that, and the guys probably don't like putting over someone from another company, believe it or not, got most of the guys don't like being on their back anyway. You know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm one, I mean, I, you got to sell it, you know, like, okay, cool, whatever. But really though, it's like, fuck, you know, like this, this is how you want to, this really, that's how you're going to make your money out of me. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. But you know, that goes on inside when it's like, cool good idea yeah let's let's mm -hmm. do that um but anyway i'm beating S scorpio and i don't know the headbangers and the jeff Hardy thing whatever and then um they started uh well i didn't like the direction because at first you know paul's saying we're there to get ecw over on their television you know put us on the map we can however long it lasts we can use this momentum bring it mm -hmm. back to ecw and mm -hmm. it'll help us out a lot so that's boom that's the goal that's my agenda so mm -hmm. i didn't like why am i teaming with jerry lawler now i guess headbangers i'm i'm getting separated from mm -hmm. these got roster and stuff it's, it felt like and then uh one night i'm wrestling uh brian armstrong and uh they came and told me you know that uh that that he was he was going over and i uh i went to paul and i'm like what is this <laughs> What kind of story does this tell for ECW? If mm -hmm. ECW is on WWE's television showing that their guys are dominant, like what what is that doing for us? And Paul's like, "You want to go? Let's go. Let's." Go. And I was just, "Oh, hey, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to have a conversation. I, I'm, I'm you know this doesn't feel right. What do you mm -hmm. think? Like, you call it. You know, it was totally like that. You know, and mm -hmm. well, it ended up you know I wasn't gonna go out there feeling like that and. And it ended up, um, I had a, uh, me and Sabu got pulled into a room with Vince McMahon first time. I mean, I'd been there for however many weeks, never talked to the guy, uh, except shaking his hand. Hello. And this is where I hear him saying, well, of course I, I planned on you staying here. I never would have put you on my television. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I see you as being a, a baby face, so uh, you know, long term, an aggressive baby face. And I was just like, "What?" Like, it, like it was so alien to me that I couldn't even, ex I couldn't even accept that. Yeah. Because, you know, I felt like I was there as a soldier, you know, fighting mm -hmm. for my team, and mm -hmm. so that that wasn't what I was ready to hear. And we walked. That's what happened. Yeah, well, that's crazy because I did feel that way. That's what I wanted to ask because it almost because that was my like first exposure to you. Like I was a, a little kid and I was watching WWF at the time. Didn't really get to see ECW at the time, and that was my exposure to Rob Van Dam. But I'm like, I, had, I have the tapes still, like the VHS tapes, and I'm like, for weeks you're on the show, like for weeks straight with Jerry Lawler. And I'm like, oh, I think he's full time WWF now. And then you just were gone. And I was like, oh, I wonder what. I always wondered. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> so thank you for sharing that story. Oh, that's. So, on the note of Vince McMahon, though, I like to ask this question usually, though, like, because everyone seems to always remember their first compliment from Vince McMahon. Do you remember the first time you went through Gorilla and you got complimented for a match or something from Vince? No, but I'll go with the memory that, that, that just popped up that definitely wasn't the first or anything. You know, when I got to WWE in 2001, pretty soon I had the hardcore title. And yeah. I happy because now i was right that's my environment you know throw the rule book out let's get creative let's 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 do some punishment you know i, I always mm -hmm. that's one thing that obviously i got out of my career is i enjoyed showing the punishment i could endure you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. it, it, it's a fighting art form 
and that's one of the outlets or ex expressions uh, for showing how tough you are. It's not for regular people, you know, because there's so many car crashes in a minute in that ring. Um, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, rewind now and get get what the fucking the question was, Vince. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> title and you guys might remember this. I don't know, but um, word was that RVD was a little stiff. And um, and people were getting busted open left and right, um, mostly from the Van Daminer. Yeah, they would catch they catch the chair, and they would just look through the little crack uh, between the seat and the back, crack, and then I would kick it, you know. And it's mm -hmm. anyway that happened a lot, you know. I got I busted Raven open and Test open and Scott. Uh, oh no, that is Raven. Um, whoever. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, anyway, one, one, you know, people are talking. Just people, not Vince. One night, I wrestled Kurt Angle, and uh, I have him face down on the TV announcer's desk, and I jumped up on the desk, and I did a leg drop on the back of his neck. Boom. Mm -hmm. Put his chin open, you know? And uh, after the match... When I walked through the gorilla, Vince was there, and I just remember—I don't know why I said this—but I remember he said, "Oh, hey, sorry, I caught your boy out there." I don't know why I said your boy, but I just remember <laughs> saying, <laughs> "I didn't even talk like that," you know. Like, <laughs> but I remember saying that. I don't know. It was always weird talking to Vince, especially—he was intimidating, you know. But oh, yeah. uh, uh, and he said. Uh, he said, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, he busted his, uh, below his lip. He's like, busted open. He's like, some stitches or whatever. And, and Vince goes, well, he'll learn to turn his head next time then, won't he? Oh. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, the internet was going crazy. You know, Santa has so much heat. I never had heat with Vince. That's awesome. How's no, your relationship with him today? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I text him on, uh, you know, Father's Day's birthday, you know, stuff like that. He always hits me like right back, and you know, and I, I tell, and I, I, I regret. Hey, would you, would you mind? <laughs> I, uh, hey, shut up! I, I, um, I regret really not getting to know him a little bit better. But now at fifty, like I have such a different perspective of everything mm -hmm. in life, including my position in the universe. So. Yeah. When I look at how I was in my 30s, my my mindset in the way I saw the world, I, I feel like I was a kid back then. I really do. Like mm -hmm. so, like I've grown like so much since then. And like back then, because I was in that competitive state of mind and because I was still 
you know, so close to my, my training foundation. This is the way I got trained. So I was like Sabu, you know what I mean? And, and I was, I saw, if I saw a wrestler talking with an agent sitting at a table at Waffle House or stuff like that, I'd be, I'd be one of the guys who'd be like, look at that kiss ass over there, man. <laughs> yeah. And, that's how I was in, in my mind. You know, I was like, I just want my talent to get me as far as it can. And no, then sure. can't get any further then I'm fine with that. Cause that's what got me here. I don't want to have to kiss ass. And, and that's how I saw it. And I said that at the time several times, but if, if you get out of the mentality of the uh, wrestling locker room and you apply that to any other business, what's wrong with talking to a superior about any possible plans for the future or anything you could do better? There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that, but it, you know, I, I had to have my head up my ass to be in such a competitive mode to, to do what I was doing. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things I can share now is a change perspective. Like I wish, uh, I wish I would uh, talk to him a lot more. He's, he's the most important mm -hmm. man that I know. No, absolutely. I think Vince deserves so much more credit because, like, you know, you always hear the internet just, like, complaining, oh, Vince did that, Vince did that. But, like, in reality, I think Vince McMahon is really misunderstood. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's a totally different person. And like you mentioned, you know, super nice, super genuine to you. So I think it's such a great, you know, story to hear. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's got different sides. He's always been only cool and, and mm -hmm. super to me and i hate how everybody dumps every problem on the business in his exactly. life exactly so mm -hmm. stupid wrestlers make bad decisions and then fuck themselves up later in life and they and then they go back to vince as if it was his fault and sometimes mm -hmm. they wrestled for wwf like three matches in the 80s <laughs> and it's it, it, I always, every time I, I agree with him in almost every single thing I've seen on YouTube where he's defending, you know, his position, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, he's a very smart man. And I'm like, he's, he's right. Why, why should he take responsibility for this? You know, mm -hmm. yeah, uh -huh. absolutely. I think, you know, Vince McMahon is one of those guys that like after, you know, when the day does occur, like people are going to miss him. And then the people who hated him are going to be like, man, like, that was Vince McMahon. But again, like, you know, perspective is everything, I guess. So can't wait for the Netflix documentary to come out. But I'm so excited. I guess so excited. I'm going to do with it. So, uh, we'll oh. have, so after it comes out, we'll have to wait for the other one to come out to show the other side, the unofficial one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you, can you just see, can you see the RVD on the bottom of, of me or do you see my shirt? I see your shirt. Your shirt. Oh, okay, because I see two of me and one says RVD from here down. But oh, I don't know. It looks good on ours. It looks good on ours. It looks good on ours. <laughs> no, Wrestle, but absolutely. WrestleMerch.com. They got a bunch of cool shit. They, uh, sure. right there. Boom. But, like, you have so many great stories to tell in terms of just, you know, your early, I guess, career. On Instagram, you recently shared a story about, you know, your early days of training. Have you ever considered starting your own podcast and, like, sharing some stories possibly? Yes. <laughs> yes. I am preparing to start streaming on, on uh, one or two platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a, several, actually. Katie and I are going to have a channel, and we have several different shows planned mm -hmm. that we want to do that are completely unrelated, you know? <laughs> or 20 Fridays, you know what that's about in the title, right? Let's yeah. say 
But yeah, I have uh, I have another um, story sharing um, project that uh, hopefully real soon I'm going to start uh, testing it and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then doing something with it. But yes, uh, it's uh, it's called RVDology, and oh, uh, that's why I started doing that on Instagram was to start trying to get that energy out there. It fucking works like a charm. Everybody on there is like. That's great. Tell us more. We want to hear your voice. Yeah. So it's fucking, it's fucking great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, I have a lot of stories, you know what I mean? And, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I personally, I watched the fuck out of the uh, mafia YouTube stories. Yeah. Sammy yeah. the bull has the best one on right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I really like his, and, uh, he's got the podcast, then he's got the YouTube, uh, where, he, you know, he puts the, uh, shorter videos or whatever. And, uh, mm-hmm. some of them are like just really basic and some have, you know, references and shit like that. But, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's definitely something that I plan on talking about real soon. No, I'm looking forward to that. That'd be great. There's a lot of podcasts, but the wrestling one's always the best because you guys obviously have the best stories. So it's, it's always, it's always a pleasure. Um, I had a quick question. I'm thinking about stories and stuff though. Can I, can I- one one thing I want to say that one of the best things about this idea for me, one of the reasons I'm so excited about it, is that these are the stories that that, that I feel like telling. You know, not, not yeah. Like, uh, yeah. As you can imagine, uh, doing a lot of interviews, a lot of the questions come up that I've answered before. You know, whatever. Um, but these, if anyone has heard any of the stories that, that I have in mind, they're going to hear. Uh, a whole different, you know, version with different details, and um, mm-hmm. and that's that's exciting to me as well. That, that honestly is the best part. Um, every episode could be catered to one thing. And you're just sharing your stories. Nobody knows your stories better than yourself, obviously. And we're all, we're all willing to listen and want to hear them. Um, I was curious, working with Eddie Guerrero, though, right? I know you guys both did the frog splash, and I was always a fan of both of you guys' frog splashes. I love the height you used to get on yours; they were insane. Yeah. Was there ever a competition between you two? If you guys are on the same show. Um, no, I mean, only, only the competition that you have in every single match, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're really at the top of your game and you're out there performing, you're trying to impress the crowd, but you're also trying to impress the guy you're in the ring with, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're like, whether it's with whatever, you know, I sell, I sell in a way that the guy, the, the locker room, you know, wants to get me an ambulance and i fucking that's what i've always gone for yeah and, and you know so with me and eddie both on the top rope at the same time like when we tagged and i would jump and he would jump or however it would go and we both one time we a few times i think we crisscrossed each other and landed on other opponents or shit yeah. you know, that's as close as it came to competition it was like all right people are going to be looking at both our shit at the same time so i'm sure mm-hmm. that in each of us, we both wanted to uh, to look, you know, at least as good as the other one, N- not, you know, inferior. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. But you know, you talk about you know uh, stories and stuff. But when I first saw RVD, it was at one night stand against John Cena, and at the time, like, yes, I was a Cena fan, but I thought RVD was the coolest motherfucker ever. Like, he'd come out there just stealing shows, beating everybody. So. Talk to me about, like, you know, some of the original plans that happened after you won the WWE title that just, I guess, never came full circle. Well, this is this is something that I don't have a whole lot to talk about because um, I'm not I'm not 
connected to plans, you know, like, like I just said mm -hmm. before about, you know, I would look at people that were talking to the story writers or, or, or even building relationships with Vince or whatever. I'd be looking like, oh, suck ass. You know what I mean? My mind mm -hmm. would tell me like that. So the last thing I wanted to ever hear was plans um, because one, I never believed them until they were going to happen because that's true. My whole career is about people giving me plans, then them not happening, and then okay, we're gonna make these plans, then that doesn't happen, then this one does, then the next one does, the next one doesn't. So after a while, you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna be skeptically optimistic and just believe it when it happens. And that's how I felt about winning the uh, championship. You know, I would not allow myself to believe that was gonna happen until I was mm -hmm. up on the top rope. You know, and then I was like, fuck, this is going to happen. You know, I was like, uh, I yeah, one more move. I got this. I really, mm -hmm. you know, till that I wouldn't let myself believe it. So who knows? I, I heard recently when I was doing an interview that I only held the championship for like two weeks. I didn't even realize it was that quick. I don't remember yeah. very many times, but wow, that's pretty quick. So one would assume even if I was going to transition it, that maybe it would have lasted longer than that. But um, you know, I was just the right guy for ECW. And so that's why that happened. Cause I changed mm -hmm. the whole playing field by bringing ECW back and sticking to my guns. And that's why that accomplishment, you know, was such a victory for me. I was fighting for that hardcore spirit I, for all the fans that were there and everything. Uh, mm -hmm. and then, you know, when I dropped the titles, same thing, I was in Philadelphia, fuck yeah, I brought home the gold. Mm -hmm. I, and then I come there and I fucking got pinned by a big show. Paul, I think, made it out. Everyone was like throwing their, uh, you know, their beverages and everything into mm -hmm. the ring. And I was just like, oh, my God. I felt like so low. Like, dude, I fucked up. I let everybody mm -hmm. down. That was that was a pretty shitty uh, feeling to remember. <laughs> but it was great to see you win the championship as someone that was a fan for such a long time and you know, it was like, oh, he's finally winning the day. I remember rooting for you against Triple H in 2002 when they were slowly getting evolution that together. I was like, true. that unforgiven in pay-per-view. I'm like, I wanted Rob Van Dam to win. Um, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you were always there. You're always one of my favorite people to tune in. So when you finally reached that mountaintop, like whether it was two weeks or two days, it was just like a euphoric feeling for that moment. Like, oh, he finally did it. Like, this is awesome. Like, we've been rooting for him since, you know, years now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I felt like... Uh, I felt like there were a lot of people behind me, you know, at that point. So, you know, I, I, I kind of had, it probably took me a lot of years to be able to reflect on it like I do now and think like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I guess, you know, perspectively, I disappointed a lot of people. Not that it was my choice to get beat, you know, yeah. <laughs> the whole other conversation, you know, um, no, no such thing as innocent until proven guilty <laughs> situation like that. But. You know, the, the ECW went down the toilet afterwards, and I wonder mm -hmm. if that was going to be the plans anyway, then, uh, you know, then I wasn't the poster boy that they wanted for WWE, that's for sure. You know, mm -hmm. I was very risky, and, and, and I would have been voted most likely to get pulled over for smoking marijuana if you did <laughs> out of everyone in the dressing room. So, mm -hmm. you know, they take a chance, and uh, boom, you know, like, kind of backfired no absolutely you talk about like energy and you know negative energy do you believe like you know i feel like when it comes to rvd and jeff hardy like you guys are kind of like like-minded like i don't know i get the vibe 
if that's a question, I, I, I agree, you know, always have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Matt's cool too, but I've always just connected with uh, Jeff. Like we both, we both uh, seem to have a similar vibe and, uh, and that's what he puts out there. You know, even if something's mm-hmm. bothering him, sometimes you can't really tell. Um, and, and I've had that said about me too. I remember being really in a bad mood and having Bischoff walk by me and say, Rob, you know, something about you, you just always seem like you're in such a good mood. You just give off this positive energy. It's always such a pleasure to see you. And I was like, well, that's good to know, you know, cause I, <laughs> I wasn't feeling that good inside, but that helped make me feel better, you know, but yeah, I've always, always gotten along with Jeff. Mm-hmm. So I had a, I had a question, but this is more for not Rob Van Dam, the wrestler, but Rob, the person and the fan of wrestling. And I've just, I feel like you're the perfect person to ask. Cause I've always had this opinion. And I've told this to a lot of my friends that even kind of stopped watching wrestling now as I got a bit older. I'm like, yo, I, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Watching wrestling high just enhances it so much as a product as a whole. You care less about what's going on critically, and you just are able to enjoy the show. And I know this is the same thing when it comes to music and movies, but I want to ask you, like, do you agree with that? Well, for me, it's... Uh, hey, Petrie. Come here. <laughs> Uh, for me, I would say doing everything is better. I, <laughs> yeah, I I smoke a lot, and so I don't get high. You know, like yeah, well, they don't they don't smoke that much. Uh, they smoke, and then and then they're high. You know, for me, it feels like it puts me at my best. You know, mm. it gets uh, it it uh, it increases my spiritual vibration. You know, puts me in a good mood. It helps me. Uh, you know, some people. They, they they can't concentrate when they smoke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they think everybody's like that. But if you if you're a functional toker and you do that as part of your healthy lifestyle, then it actually can help you focus by, you know, blocking out like distractions and stuff that would overwhelm you and shit like that. So um I, I think my answer is gonna be completely different, but you know, um the usually the only time I don't smoke is is just uh because I just haven't yet. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Fair enough. On that note, though, now I'm curious, and I'm sure this is like an obvious answer, I'm assuming, but you're definitely, you're still definitely in the market of creating maybe a THC product under the Raw Van Dam brand, correct? Um, yes, but um, that's, um, you know, I had to add a couple of details because that's that's kind of a vague statement. Someday, sure, maybe, possibly, someone else will be, uh, or I'll be in on, or my team in on creating it. But it'd be more of a royalty where it's somebody else's, and I have a royalty for it, just like with action figures or anything else. But it's uh, but it's licensed by each state, so that makes a big difference. But sure. to, to your question. Um, you know, probably it won't be me creating a THC product under my umbrella so much, although it might appear like that, but it's probably going to be a collaboration with someone that's already doing stuff out there. Quite likely, uh, we'll start with pre-rolls. It looks like maybe uh, maybe an extract as well. And there are people that are already doing it and we're like, hey, you know, let's uh, let's look at um, let's try a few samples and if need be tweak them and bam let's put the uh let's put this on it right here yeah yeah <laughs> no absolutely but um i had a question like um as a fan like i'm curious like you know with WWE producing some 
you know, decent television as of late. Like, SmackDown's been really good. Um, so, as a fan, like, do you watch the current product? Like, do you check it out on YouTube? Or, like, have you checked anything out? out? Um, I watch uh, wrestling sometimes. And I don't keep up with the storylines. But um, I will watch it uh, with Katie sometimes because Katie's, you know, still learning. And so, mm-hmm. when we watch it, I'll, I'll point out stuff to her, you know, good or bad pause it, rewind, mm-hmm. notice that, see that. And um, so I do that. Time I get to catch a lot of uh, a lot of what's out there. Sometimes I listen uh, on the YouTube, I listen to the uh, the updates that uh, people put out there. But um, usually there's there might be like one line that grabs me and then the rest is, you know, shit I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Storylines with what's really going on or whatever. They do, you know, like they'll say, oh, so-and-so is having an abortion, and that's just part of the storyline. It's like, oh, man, they got me. <laughs> no, absolutely. But, like, you know, as a fan, like, uh, with the progression of Matt Riddle recently, do you, like, think that Dodie portrays him to be, like, this, like, weird stoner character? Because I know Justin was going to talk about that, actually. And oh, no, I, do, I think Matt Riddle is a tremendous wrestler. Like, from everything I saw on him. From, he's great, know, yeah. NXT, like, he's been great. But I feel like character-wise, they're trying to portray him as this like laid-back stoner character, and it kind of oddly like takes away from his wrestling ability. I was, and I was curious if you kind of felt the same way, but I'm not sure if you've been watching. So, <laughs> do, do they mention or even joke about like stoner jokes? With no, him? but you kind of know what they're trying to do. Like he started talking to a puppet and roaming around with donuts, like he was selling munchies, and he's very bro, bro. And I was like. And I've had a lot of conversations with people who are like they're portraying it like the way they might think a person would act when it's not really the way a person would act in that in that state of mind. Right. Yeah. I don't know. And I get a lot of people on social media um, saying that you know that he's you know a, a new version or that they're trying to make him like me. Um, you know, when I was there, they didn't understand me. Like uh, Paul. Paul is the only guy I think that ever really understood me. And had my best mm-hmm. interest at heart out of like students, bookers, whatever. But um, when I first got there, you know, they they thought that my laid back um, attitude didn't go, that it took away from my wrestling. I don't know if you felt that way, but just like you said about Matt Riddle, they felt like that about me. And, and so they were trying to change me. And, and I was, you know, resisting that because I was stubborn. Stop it. And, uh, I was resisting it because I didn't want to change. And, you know, I thought that uh, I had everything, whatever. But um, I remember one time, uh, and they wanted me to, first thing, they wanted me to get rid of my airbrush outfits. And they oh, wanted. What? Yeah. Those are like the coolest things. Yeah. Uh, so, so they wanted WWE to make me outfits that would be made out of the material, I guess, like Kurt Angles or whatever, uh, uh. whatever. And they made it. And you can see a few pictures of it because it's black. It has a red dragon. Uh, it's so basic, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was black and it had a few patches on it. Maybe a yin-yang here, RVD here, a dragon here. And it was, um, and I wore that for a short time. And then I just went back to my airbrush outfits and started wearing that mm-hmm. on the non-televised shows because uh, the airbrush outfits wear out, you know, they really yeah. quick. So, so I would say in... I don't remember. I don't think anybody told me. I think I just did that on my own. I was like, these suck. Yeah. 
Chris Pack, but I remember Michael Hayes one time during this time coming up to me and saying, you know, the other guys in the office, they don't get you, but I do. I understand. Because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're a surfer dude, right? Mm-hmm. And he, and he said, they don't get you, uh, you know, a little bit. We're, we're not sure about all the tie-dye. Like, he thought my outfits were tie-dye. That's not what tie-dye is. But Yeah. So, you know, Fair enough. I can see where Matt's in a position like that, like I was in, you know. Uh, he is a stoner, you know. Like yeah. I met him. I met him at the uh, in the grotto of the Playboy Mansion. Oh, wow. <laughs> No, I, I think the, the difference between you and him was like it, I think it worked for you because your wrestling style was also very unique for that period of time too. With with Matt, I think a lot of us will get confused because he has like that MMA background, yeah. so he's a shooter. But then the portraying him this one, it's like, what do we want? Do we want the shooter, Matt Riddle? Do we want this one to do both work together? It gets a little complicated in that sense, I think. Uh, I think that's I think that's part of uh, being there, you know, and having so many different people. Uh, pulling you in different directions, you know, there's, I, I felt like when I was there, I was, I went through cycles of frustration where I hated the way that they saw me. Just like yeah. I could see from just reading the promos made me realize they think I'm a fucking asshole. They think I'm an idiot. Like this is how they yeah. do Yeah. And, uh, and then, but then something cool would happen. I'd be like, no, fuck that. You know, I got the, at the hardcore title, I'm good now, you know, and um, then I lose that, and I'd be like, Oh my god, what I'm teaming with who, or I gotta do what, you know, uh-huh. and that's what happened again. But um, I think that's part of it, I think that's part of the cycle, part of the machine that they have up there, you know, yeah, because it does feel like sometimes, Absolutely. like if someone could be more their authentic self, you could tell when you can tell when someone's saying stuff that's not really them. Or it sounds like it's not what they would say as a person or character. It's it's evident sometimes. Yeah, something that comes to mind was uh, when I first got there, they wanted to do a uh, a bit of a romance angle with Stephanie uh, and myself. And uh, my evil ex was like the most insecure bitch on the planet. And I was just thinking like, oh, my God, like this is, oh, my, you know, like I'm just going to cause me so much grief at home and everything. I was like, no, I got and uh, we had a talk, me and Stephanie, and she and she said, you know, just think of this like you're an actor, mm-hmm. and, you know. And I was like, well, that's cool, except uh, call me Joe Blow because I've been Rob Van Dam for the last, you know, ten years, and so that's a compromise. Is like you have somebody else besides mm-hmm. you that shares your intellectual property, but also your your, your person. You know, they share. They share the the decisions that that your person would make in their mm-hmm. universe, and sometimes it stretches outside of their universe too. You know, mm-hmm. because they have a their 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 tentacles of control. You know, reach yeah. out. There's been mm-hmm. people, you know, that whether they got tattoos or or weren't in dress code when they were off business or whatever. You know, there's been definitely things outside of it too. To that's evident. You know that that mm-hmm. it's not just you anymore. When you when you sign that big deal, you're sharing the right to make decisions uh, about you, about your character, about your direction, about your value, about your beliefs. As people will know you. No, absolutely. I think I think you have such a great outlook on it because like you were you know never that like person who was down in the locker room. You always brought like that you know that happiness and just like you got to get out there and just do what you got to do. And you always believed in your craft. So like 
I wanted to ask, like, you know, with life in general, like, do you believe in the unknown? Do I believe in that note? No, unknown. Do I believe in the unknown? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Of course. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think, I think because it's just so different than I, the way that I think, not mm -hmm. to put people down, but I find it ridiculous when people have to have an answer. So they just make something up, you know? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. crazy, but uh, Katie's a lot. Katie's like that a lot of times, though. You know, I'm very non-committing to non-facts. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Katie will draw a conclusion like that. You know, the mm -hmm. it, it looked like it looked like uh, he was over there. Okay, oh boom! So that means that he did this and this. I don't mm -hmm. know that. What do you mean? All mm -hmm. I know is it looked like this happened and this happened. And then, okay, no, that's important shit. You know, it's not just from watching legal shows, mm -hmm. but. I mean, it, it, it's facts. So, you know, um, you know, part of uh, being good at what you it, it, and part of being good at, um, I don't know, I think life in general is knowing what you don't know. Absolutely. 100% I agree. You got to be ready for whatever, right? Otherwise, you're going to stall yourself self from things that could happen, you know. Um, I was going to ask, because you did bring up the airbrushed outfits. Did you have a particular favorite one at all? I know you had so many, so it's probably hard to believe, but. Ooh. I mean to pick. I I probably uh, don't. I mean, uh, I really like the uh, the one that looked like it was made of steel that I wrestled Doug Furness in and Kikuchi in Japan. Yeah. That was inspired by some Japanese artist named Soriyama. There was a story behind it when the airbrush artist drew it. Nobody knows about that shit, but um, that's cool. I like the Iron Man outfit. Um, um, you know they, they they're all pretty cool. I really don't don't have just one that stands out as my favorite. In fact, I don't even think I have a favorite color. I'm not good at <laughs> favorites. I think Fair seven enough. favorites. I think is too committing. I'm too yeah. open-minded open to have favorites. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I did want to ask, like, you know, what are some like future plans, like, that you hope to like achieve by the end of this year? Like, you know, you have documentary out. You know, you're working on a lot of projects, like you mentioned. Dude, I'm taking over this year. Like everyone's gonna see so much RVD, you're gonna be sick of it. I have, uh, I've already filmed uh, so much shit that's that, that's coming out. Some of it, a lot of people won't see. Some of it, a lot of people will see. And um, on the business end, with the uh, with the ventures that I have going, uh, they've been in in a in a very uh, a very positive direction. It's, uh, planned um agenda and, mm -hmm. and watching that and it's stuff that uh when i can talk about it it's going to be uh basically um it, it's going to be basically like uh, life-changing for for that part of of my life and so basically mm -hmm. um there, there's a lot of uh rumors about stocks and, and stuff like that and uh you know i can't talk about a lot of this i can't Know, they think they know it all they don't know it all they know some but pretty soon hopefully um I'll be, this has been in the works for a long time you know but this is this is uh, one of the many uh great things that's that's going to be happening uh this year um and a lot of stuff you know that uh i'm looking forward to doing that streaming that i was talking uh, to you about but i have like uh so many things uh on the table that are you know um 
in different stages of production. It's like I, I, I keep so busy. In fact, I agreed to do three or four podcasts uh, um, like this one this week, and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just I don't have I have more requests than I have time. <laughs> you know, you got to have time to balance up. Don't let anybody judge your time. You know, a hundred percent. I do want to say that on that note, like we really appreciate you doing. With- this oh, with us today. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's been a pleasure for me because this is my first time getting to talk to you like this. I know Daniel did a podcast with you a little bit last year, and we're definitely going to be supporting whatever you do moving forward. I've been a Rob Van Dam fan since I was a little kid. And on that note, I just want to share a quick story before we wrap things up. I actually did get to meet you once, um, and I want to talk about that because I was very intoxicated at the time I got to meet you. <laughs> and um, it, was a, it was a good story. Nothing bad necessarily happened, but it was at Wally Mania in 2018. Uh, and we were back, we were in the back, and I remember, I th- I'm sure I told you a really a story that you did not care about. Like, I came there intoxicated from Bourbon Street, <laughs> and it was just about, like, how my nickname was my initials, AJD, and I stole that from you because you used to go RVD, and it's a nickname that lasted with me for my entire life, but the coolest part of it was, I remember at one point, we were just standing around, everyone was kind of doing the thing, and it was me, you, and Smoke Dizza, and we were in a circle, and I politely asked, and you were, you were smoking. I politely asked, him, like, oh, do you mind if I uh, join the session? And really quickly, you just did one of those, like, shoulder shrug things, like, you're thinking about it. And then Dizzle's, like, like putting me over. He's like, no, no, it's the wrestling class. He's a good guy. This and, that. and you're like, yeah, okay, sure. And then we kind of all boys <laughs> together. But it was so funny because I woke up the next morning. And I'll show you a picture from that night, if you don't mind. That was from that night. But I remember the very next morning um waking up and i was like sleeping on a hotel room floor because the whole trip was last minute it was a whole situation and i and i dm smoked this and i was like hey bro i'm like i like did did we blaze a raw van down yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and he's like yeah we did bro i'm like yo I'm like i think all wrestling fans kind of have like a wrestling bucket list like for me there's a few things like i want to go to a wwe show in madison square garden to watch and i want to maybe one day go watch a wrestle kingdom in the tokyo dome but i was like I never knew this was on my wrestling bucket list, but I got stoned with Rob Van Dam. That's on my wrestling bucket list now, and it's checked off. So thank you. I appreciate it. It's a memory I hold with me uh, forever because it's one of the coolest things that got to happen to me as someone who was a childhood fan of yours. That was my fanboy moment. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, there was, yeah, it's on a lot of people's bucket lists, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, I never thought it was going to happen, so thank you. Yeah, dude, there was... There was a lot of uh, drinking uh, going on at that party too. The next, I remember it was an, after the trip, I don't know how many days later, I saw on Twitter some fan talking about me being on stage dancing with uh, Wale. And I'm yeah. like, Katie, I totally didn't. Katie was like, You did. I'm like, I didn't dance. <laughs> I have, I'll check my videos out, maybe on it, because I have videos of me on stage dancing too, and I don't even remember going up there. Mm-hmm. It was just that easy access to get to the stage. And while I was rapping, you're just like up there. I'm like, yeah. I think all it was was I did the shoulder. We were holding on each other's shoulders and did like the showgirl kick or whatever. Yeah. That's about as far as I'll go. I'm way too cool to, to shake. shake. <laughs> 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 Fair enough. Absolutely. But on that note, I want to thank you, RVD, for taking the time to do, you know, okay. round two of the interview. And like, where can everybody find you on social media? I'm at the real RVD everywhere. And um, RVCBD is uh, is right there. CBD.com and RVDCBD on Instagram. And uh, that's the uh, best. Sweet. Absolutely.
Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to this interview. Um, I can't wait for everybody to check it out. But as of right now, take it easy. What a lifestyle. I want to thank Justin once again for co-hosting. Thank you so thank much, you. bro. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks again, Rob Van Dam, for letting us interview today. It was a pleasure. Good. Have an excellent day. Yeah. You too. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. It's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.